Now? I'm really feeling it, Mr. Krabs. I'm feeling it, Mr. Krabs. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Now we can just... Just savor the... The experience, you know. You just kick your, kick your. Yeah, nobody gets, nobody has to see the dogs. No, the dogs are out, but they're not visually out, you know. I'm gonna do what you always do. Sprawl out. Yes, I don't understand what the problem is with the creeper in my crotch right here. Why did you? Why did you take it? You always just like (sighs) take it. There's like a line. Hey, man. And you, and you take it like across the line. See, if that's where you drew the line, then we're going to end up in space. That's, <laughs> your line is way too early. <laughs> you just say that to a girl on a date. <laughs> hey, girl. Uh, your line is way too early. I don't understand why you have like these healthy boundaries or self-respect. Or if that was crossing the line, then I'm going to prison. <laughs> Welcome to the Docs and Crocs podcast, where we explore the latest happenings in news, culture, and everything in between. Our team of experts and enthusiasts, me being the expert, and I'm the enthusiast, bring you fresh takes on the hottest articles, trends, and pop culture phenomena. From breaking news to the latest viral sensation, we've got you covered. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive into the world of Docs Docs and and Crocs. Crocs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that be the soft open. I'm gonna play in the intro after that. If you were the waiter there, like, what would you do? You like overheard that conversation. Like, it's obviously a first date. They're awkward around each other a little bit. You can tell they're trying to get know, get to know each other. Yeah. And those those awkward pauses where both of them like look down and take a long sip of water while trying desperately to figure out something to say. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you were the waiter in that scenario, how would you approach the table? If I was the waiter just seeing that they were on a first date, or I was the waiter and I overheard him say, girl, if that was crossing the line, I'm going to end up in prison. Which like, one? Like a little bit of both, you know? You know... I see what you're saying. Like yeah, I'm yeah, the waiter, yeah. and I see a couple on a first date, but I can tell that the guy is a little bit like... Yeah. I probably... I, I don't know, because... On one hand, there's the fear of losing your job. On the other hand, I'm like, would I maybe scribble on a napkin and put it like... Give her hand or her drink, mm-hmm. but put a napkin under her drink. Mm-hmm. You know that says like, "Do you need? Do you need help? Help or blink twice if it, yeah if you're under attack or when he goes to the bathroom. Yeah, when when the guy you're with or like, <laughs> you know, be really creepy is you hand her her drink and you put a napkin and you just write on the napkin, "Come to the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> with come, like a, with come like to the a, bathroom if you need help. Like a little winky face. Come to yeah, the bathroom, yeah, yeah. winky face. Yeah. You just hand her a drink like that. Yeah, then she doesn't know like who's more dangerous. Right. The guy she's on a date with or this creepy waiter. <laughs> this greasy ass, <laughs> slimy pimple waiter who thinks that he's going to be Superman tonight. Oh, man. Is that the kind of waiter you were? I've never worked in food service. Oh, you are I lucky. I skipped over it. You are a lucky man. Yeah, I was never tempted by the tips. Like people would talk about, oh, you make like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a night in yeah, tips. Yeah, you do. I was never tempted by the food service thing because I was always intimidated by like remembering. Like all it would take is one old lady uh-huh. to just 
slight me in the first 30 seconds. Just give me that nasty attitude. Like, I walk up like, hey, guys, how can I help you? And then she gives me that attitude. I would immediately. Right. Like, I would just. There would be nothing holding me back from, like, scratching dead skin cells off of my butt cheeks and sprinkling (laughs) it on her steak. There would be nothing stopping me. When I worked at Samurai, the sushi and hibachi place. Oh, my God. I remember that. We had... It feels like ages ago. I know. We had these regulars that came in, and they never tipped every single time they came in. And so me and the couple other servers that were there, whenever they came in, we tried to convince the other person, hey, can you please take them? They don't tip. Mm. I don't want to deal with their crap. I'll pay you to take this table away. I mean, that covers the tip. Yeah, it does. So, or like, I'll buy you a beer after work, or I'll do this, or... I'll do that so I don't have to. And they were always super rude and needy. Disgusting. Yeah. And their kids would leave a mess. Oh, and they had kids? Yes. If you bring your kids to a restaurant and you don't tip, you're a special type you, of scumbag. You're a mo- Yeah. Because they have to do extra work to clean the table. Yeah. It's like you bringing your kids to the restaurant means that you don't have to cook or clean your own kitchen that night. And you're right. not going to tip. That's messed up, Scum. man. Because the server has to clean that table and get it ready while... Having other tables and expecting another table. Yeah, that's ridiculous. One time I had this table, this guy and this girl walked in. And when I got the table, I was in the bathroom. My boss tells me, oh, you just got a table. I was like, all right. So, you know, I get, you know, get all my stuff back on and go to the table. And this guy is just giving me the worst stink eye I have ever seen in my life. So I gave him the worst service I could. Oh, no. Oh, how do you how do you balance? What's the balance between I'm going to give you the worst service I can give you? But also, I don't want to, like, get fired. Um, I didn't really care. Oh, I see. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> I knew my boss could really fire me um, since it was, like, a family-owned business. And so it's not like they can immediately just have a hiring event and replace you. Plus, I had a really good reputation with, like, the cooks and all the rest of the servers. The boss didn't like me because I, didn't, I took vacation time. My vacation time was, like, two weeks at a time, you know? Whoa. Yeah. Like when I go to Pennsylvania, I go there for like a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Or I had a couple other vacations and the boss was just fed up with it. So he started giving me a bunch more attitude. So I was like, all right, I'm done. Bye. Like, I'm not going to get punished for getting time off. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The only job I ever walked out of was the, the sunglass set. And I told you about that. Yeah. I was just, I was fed. I was fed up. But serving probably has... The most highs and lows of like. Do you think being a cop? What about working at Starbucks? Ooh, that's that's the other one that I've never been tempted. A lot of people did that and said like, Ryan, you should work in, you should work at Starbucks, man. Like I wanted I to work at tempted. Dutch Bros. I feel like you could fit that vibe. Yeah, hundred percent. Just be cracked out on coffee all day. Yeah. Just be jamming out to some music and serving some coffee. Yeah, uh, I drive up to the window and you're like, hey man, you got any plans later? Gosh. Do you have any <laughs> plans? And you're like, I'm on my way to work. Sick. Sick, dude. Like, where do you work? The, the awkward conversation with the Dutch Bros people is just a little rough. Yeah, I. It, it's funny because I'm not, an, I'm not an antisocial person. Right. But for some reason, it's the, it's the insincere, like, they always ask. Like, you pull up, you have no matter what ask. time of day. Yeah. Like, you pull up, you just got... Right. Off? I don't know. Like, you pull up, and yeah, and they're just like, hey, so, like, you got anything cool going on this, this weekend? And you're like... No. Nope. I, and that just sucks. It it, they're just, like, reminding you that your life is kind of <laughs> lame. 
It's like, no, I don't have any plans. Thanks for reminding me. Thanks for reminding me. You know what would work out, though, if you were single? Can you try this? I can't do this because I'm not single, but you can do this. Yeah, I can try it. Roll up to Dutch Bros. Uh Uh-huh. As many times as you need to until there's a girl at the window. Uh Uh-huh. And when you pull up and she goes, hey, you got any, like, fun plans tonight? Uh Uh-huh. You go, I don't know. What time do you get off? Ooh. Do I hit her with a light skin stare, too? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're it, you're a little it, bit yeah. too light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> you can only hit him with the light skin if you're on the light side uh, of the dark spectrum. <laughs> if you're, if you, <laughs> what are you trying to say here? Are you trying to? I'm saying that maybe you need to spend some more time on a beach before you practice the uh, light skin. <laughs> death. Oh, death. <laughs> But, like, the problem with that is some of the times, like, when they're working at Dutch Bros, they're in high school. You know? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but you look like you could pass for anywhere on the... No, that's a good thing. A lot of people want to be young. Like, you don't look like an old guy. Yeah, that's... Like, I feel like yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. just at that age now where, like, you can tell that I'm not young. But like, if I, if I have my beard, if I shave, I look like I could be... No, 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 absolutely. 19. Yeah. Or, or less. But yeah. I think with the beard... With the beard, the belly, and the crooked teeth, I if I pull up and go, I don't know what time you get off, the police are called. <laughs> like, they t- they write down my license plate. <laughs> You're put on a watch list? <laughs> they, char- they charge me extra and they <laughs> take down my license plate. If you see this car, get a man to serve him. Do not under any circumstances. The, the change of the guard as oh, your car drives oh, up. Oh, man. I remember when the Dutch Bros first opened and they sent out like the special crew yes, to open the, it. Yes, oh, the opening crew. Yeah, so yeah. the music was playing out loud in the parking lot. Everybody's dancing. Yeah. The jeans were definitely from a different part of the country. Yeah. Like, no, and definitely. everyone's in like this great mood. And when you rolled up to the window, they were like, hey, man, how are you doing today? Like, yeah. what, what have you been up to? Like, they had the right questions. Right. And then as soon as that opening crew left, they like, it was like a knockoff version of that crew. No, absolutely. Everything else is just a knockoff version. It's like a guy wearing ripped jeans who like could be a girl. And he's like, you got any plans tonight? And you're like, no. No. This I, is my plan for the evening is I to was, get through this damn line <laughs> without getting shot. That's my plan. I remember my first semester of college, I worked at Dion's and one time all the guys from Dion's like went out to eat and they invited me, which I was really surprised. I was like, Whoa, I'm actually being invited to things. Oh, wow. I know it was a big deal. And so we're we go to BJ's and you know, we're sitting around and I'm like dirt poor at this point. I'm I'm paying for bottomless root beer and cream soda with quarters because I am broke, broke. Been there. And I'm talking to one of the guys who's, he's like part of the opening crew of Dion. So he would travel to like Texas and stuff like that to open new venues. And he shot on the pizza front. I know. He was saying that as they were training the people in Texas, the managers just asked the opening crew to just take over everything because the people that they were training were so incompetent that they didn't want to train. So it is a struggle of like trying to get that culture into a place. Like if you're the opening crew, like you're the opening crew because you represent the culture of a place. But right. But otherwise, I mean, every place you go, they say like service with a smile and even Chick-fil-A 
is starting to lack on my pleasure. Oh my gosh. They're starting to lack. They've lacked on a lot of ways, especially if you go to the one on uh, Central and uh, Tramway. The one by the, the Home Depot. Uh-huh. Like, you hit them on the wrong time of day, and, like, they're just sitting outside vaping. And you're like, hey, can I get a number one? They're like, fine. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Word, dog. I, I remember, I, like, I've pulled up to the window, and they're just like... I remember one girl was, like, yelling to the crew about a homeless guy who was outside. <laughs> I was just like, I just want... Can I just have my where's my sandwich? service with a smile? Yeah, where's my my pleasure? I didn't even get my smile. You didn't even say my pleasure. Yeah. And then there's a... Uh, there's a Starbucks. There's a Starbucks here in town that uh, sometimes I'll pull up to the monitor mm-hmm. and it's like this nice voice will come over. Hey, what can I do for you? Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. But then you pull up and it's like a it's like a 90 pound guy in like a crop T-shirt and three different colors in his hair. Yeah. And he's like, hey. And you're like, oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> how, are, how are you today? Yeah. When I see guys that have better done nails than some girls, that throws me off a little. I saw this TikTok where it was this person asking, like, if you ask your boyfriend what color to get your nails and he says an actual nail color, you should be in trouble. Apparently. Oh, oh, like a name of a polish. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that would be. That's like a huge. I had no idea that the world of nail colors was so niche that only like girls knew the different. Oh yeah, I've nail gone. Colors. I've like been at the store with Brianna while she's looking at nail colors, and I'm like, "Is it? Is this legal? Is this like what is this? <laughs> the names of nail polish colors are so scandalous. It's out of this world. Really? It's like six different shades of red, and not one of them is called red. <laughs> Every single one of them is called like fairy labia, and you're like, God, <laughs> why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why that? <laughs> Why does it have to be alleyway seductions? And you're like, Jesus, really? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> three rounds in. And you're like, oh, okay. Central at three. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, <laughs> girl next door. And you're like, can it just be red? <laughs> I, I don't understand why colors have to be so specific and. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're learning from that. It's like, hmm, am I, am I, uh, three a.m. Pound Town or am <laughs> I, um, Bloodshot after six shots? Which one am I? Bloodshot. Like, imagine calling for your color. What if your <laughs> specific color, the one color that looks good on you, yeah, is that? Hey, do you guys carry a uh, Bloodshot after six shots? <laughs> Do you guys carry that? <laughs> I only look good in fairy's labia. That's the only color of nail polish that looks good on me. Do you guys carry that? Oh, it's out of stock. Can I special order it? <laughs> Can I special order? They're like, yeah, what's your name? Uh, uh never mind. <laughs> I'll find yeah, a new just, color. Just, just forget I asked. Find a new color. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put like a sound right here. Um, because I want to introduce a new segment. Oh, what's this? Welcome segment? to the new segment on Docs and Crocs. We called have a new segment. Things I saw at the gym this week that oh, I didn't want to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the <laughs> new segment. Uh, so from now on, when you're at the gym, just look out for crazies, weirdos, limps, and flaps. <laughs> Anything that. <laughs> but I, uh, I have, I have two to share with you that are. Oh, you have two. Things I saw at the gym no. that I wish I didn't. <laughs> 
Um, so I was done with my workout the other day. Yeah. And I was rolling into the locker room. Both the men's and the women's locker rooms both have signs on them that say, please keep the door shut at all mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Never happens. Ever. <laughs> Never ever. Men's locker room. The little like, the little flip down. Mm-hmm. The little kickstand. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? On the door? The I guess it's a door stopper. Yeah, door stopper. Yeah. So yeah, the little kickstand door stopper always like it's loose. It's jiggly. Uh-huh. Every time you, if you kick the door open, it just comes down. I don't, but everybody does. Nobody seems to know how to use anything at the gym. <laughs> like, does your gym, have you ever been to a gym that has a locker room that has the swimsuit dryer in it? Mm-mm. It's like the box that's mounted to the wall, and after you take a shower or swim, you can take your swim trunks, and you throw it into this little thing, and you push down on the lid, and it spins super fast, and it like spins off all the water, and then you can take your swim trunks out and put them in your bag, and they're not wet. Whoa. And the on the lid, specifically, there's two signs. Mm. On the lid, inside the lid, mm. and then on the wall. And they all say, like, hold down on the lid. It's going to spin really fast. And it'll stop by itself. Like, don't release the lid until it stops by itself. Mm-hmm. Because it's spinning really fast. Right. And because you want it to work, and it needs to spin all the water off. Yep. There's no heat involved. It's just spinning. It's like the little thing you put lettuce into. Exactly that. Yes. But for swim trunk, it's yep. exactly that. So you got to put your swim trunks in there. You press down, and it like gets up to speed, like. And then after like 30 seconds, it slows down and then it stops. I literally every single day hear guys go up to that thing, stuff their swim trunks in it, push down on the lid. It goes and then they let go. So it goes. And I'm like, do you think your swim trunks got dry in the point six seconds? It barely. Anyway, nobody knows how to use it. So they kick the door open. the stopper comes down. Door is always open. Yeah. I walk up to the locker room. I, I go in. And the way the door is situated, you walk in and you have to turn immediately to the left to get to all the locker rooms and the bathroom and the sink. Right. And But you can see all the way down. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy, elderly man, mm-hmm. somewhat large, mm-hmm. not large enough to be his own pair of swim trunks, though. You know what I mean? You ever see those guys that are big enough that they just become their own clothing? Like, they could be naked, but you're never going to see anything. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, no. The guys that have, like, the flip-down visor. Like, there's never... <laughs> clothing is just a luxury. You know what I'm talking about. I know what okay. you're saying. He's not that. He's big, but not big enough to hide anything. Mm-hmm. I go in, and this guy is standing at the sinks, completely stark nude, mm-hmm. blow-drying his nuts. <laughs> He's blow drying That's a new one. his undercarriage. <laughs> and I just felt like I caught someone robbing a bank. Like I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I, I felt like I, I felt like I violated him. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I did something wrong. Uh-huh. But I was like, you shouldn't be doing that. Why yeah, are that's you doing just wrong. Don't blow, don't blow your nut sweat. <laughs> Around the room Don't circulate it I feel like that's bad For the jewels too Yeah know? I don't feel like You should have direct heat On the jewels well, Yeah Like Cool air <laughs> Cool air on the jewels Not hot air <laughs> Never hot That is I've never heard Of anything close to that That's a true story <laughs> I walk in and, and there's no avoiding it Yeah Right there 
I mean, white hair, in white beard. It looked like Santa Claus. I walked in on Santa Claus drying his nuts. <laughs> in front of God and everyone. <laughs> in front of God and me. I mean, save it for God. I Please don't involve me. At the JCC, no less. At the Jewish Community Center. So anyway, okay, so that's one. Mm-hmm. The second one, I don't know what to do with. Like, that was enough for me to be like, wow, the world is a complicated place. <laughs> this next one... This next one changed my perspective on the humans. Oh, no. On, on, I shouldn't say the humans. I'm also a human. The humans. <laughs> this one changed. This entire time we were talking about aliens, <laughs> you were one of them. Okay. Same scenario. I walk in. The door is propped. Mm-hmm. So if you're at the right angle, you could see all the way in. And that's the shameful thing here. Yeah. I walk in. Turn to the left. I'm facing all the way down to the stalls and the sinks. Mm-hmm. Again, there's an old man standing at the sinks. Completely naked. But he has just gotten done doing whatever he was doing. Mm -hmm. So at the same moment that I walk in and turn, he also turns. So from 10 feet away, we are facing each other directly. (laughs) And he is completely naked. But. Just balls. John, I don't know if you heard me. <laughs> what do you mean? Just it was just <laughs> balls. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. There was nothing else. <laughs> no. I'm not. No. I'm no. No, not like this. Only stones. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait. No. I'm not even talking like if if it was micro, it was there was a scopic after that. There was nothing there. I'm not kidding. I wish I was kidding. I wish I made this up. I wish I didn't witness this. See, I'm more concerned about your observational skills of men naked. That's okay. Old listen, men. though, because we were face to face. It's not like I had time. It's not like I had time to like look around. I turn in. He turns at the same moment. We are looking directly at each other, and I couldn't help. My eyes were drawn. My eyes, my eyes were drawn. Your case by saying your eyes were no. Listen, my eyes were drawn. To the lack of package. <laughs> I'm telling Bree about this. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like if you... <laughs> if you walked outside and in the place where the moon was supposed to be, there was just a black hole. <laughs> you would you didn't go looking for the moon, but your brain told you there's supposed to be one. <laughs> I'm serious. And I and and because there was nothing there, mm-hmm. like usually, like there are, there's guys that just walk around naked. Like there's there's showers in in the yeah. in the locker room. There's showers with shower curtains, mm-hmm. but then there's also just shower heads coming out of the wall for people who have come in from the pool. Right. But these old guys didn't swim. They just get naked, <laughs> and then they go shower at the shower heads that are just coming out of the wall. So all their juices are just splashing about. Come on. And you have to walk past them to get to the steam room. Uh So I have to make like a big U. I have to like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to like swing wide to avoid because they're just splashing. 
And so, like, all the time there's guys just standing naked, but you just, you know, your peripheral right. notices them. Yeah. And you know what a guy looks like, so you're just like, ah, whatever, there's men yeah. around. But when there's nothing there... <laughs> It time slowed for a second. Stop. I'm serious. Time slowed for a moment. And my brain ran all these calculations. It was like that meme. And there's the carry the three and this uh, algebra. And I was like, only balls? What happened? Who knows? Did he get it removed? Stone. I've heard of people that have, you know, like testicular cancer, or like right. you get your balls taken off. <laughs> yep. You know, or maybe if you're a eunuch, right. maybe you work for a king and he doesn't want you to be attracted to his wife. Yeah. So he takes your balls away. Uh huh. But under what circumstances? <laughs> In what area? Do you lose the do you lose the, the joystick? <laughs> I apologize to all of our female audience <laughs> out there. You know, you know what? If we were around, if there was a girl in this room right now, yeah, she'd be like, oh, what? But you know there's a girl driving to work right now listening to this, and she's alone. So she doesn't have to act freaked out. Oh, I but see. she's thinking hard. She's like, really? <laughs> really? Wait a there's second. There's a single girl. There is a single young girl who's uh-huh. driving to, to school right now. She's headed to UNM. Mm-hmm. She's headed to class. Yep. And now she has a new fear unlocked. <laughs> she's like, what if I meet a guy? <laughs> What the hell am I supposed to do if I meet a guy and he's really nice, he's got cool glasses, he he works out, he's got some tattoos. <laughs> why are you just, why are you looking at me like that <laughs> while you're saying it? And we start going on dates and and then, you know, we 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 really hit it off and we're dating for a long time and he asked me to marry him, we get engaged. I marry the man and on that night he gets undressed. Only stones. <laughs> <laughs> now she has a new fear. Now she's now she's gonna go look it up. She's that's that's go, a how core, do I know? That's a core memory unlock there. At what time in a relationship do I have this girl is now googling? She's sitting in the library, and she had to borrow the library computer because she didn't have enough money to get an iMac before she started college. She spent all the money on the books, so she's logged into the UNM computer and she's go- searching right now. Right. At what point in the relationship do I have to ask the guy I'm with? If he has a shaft or not. I feel like you shouldn't have to ask that question. But what do you mean? <laughs> it's It was one guy you saw. It, it was one but, old guy out of gym. But now like. I'm wondering how many people are like that. <laughs> it's not like I've seen every, every dude. I've seen a couple because of the gym. But now I'm like, wait a second. That's a possibility? <sighs> do you think he has to pee planking on the toilet? Stop. <laughs> Does he plank? No. What does he do? Does he put on a bag? <laughs> no. Is there a tube that you connect? Come on. Is there like a machine? Or you think through it with me? Come on. <laughs> I'm not thinking. Come on. I need you to. I need to. I'm no. You're the only person it's, that I have to talk through this with. It's already bad enough as it is. I think you're reading into it too much. What do you think happened? Do you think it was always like that, or was it a thing? Was it a medical thing? I don't know. As somebody who worked in a hospital, did you ever hear of anybody just having to have the whole thing taken away? No. You think a dog bit it? <laughs> One of those like white crusty dogs? You know the curly hair crusty I, I dogs hate that you the hate? Crusty dogs. Maybe one day he was at the pool. Yep. Him and Janet were at the pool. Yep. And you know he wore a speedo because he had he had a spray tan and he felt good about himself. Right. And him and his wife Janet were at 
Craig and June's house. Mm-hmm. They just had the pool opened up. I love this white suburbia. Yeah, and they they got the barbecue going. Yep. Uh, none of them can really eat red meat though, because it's not good for their blood pressure or whatever. So they're having chicken. They're having salmon. Y- salmon. Yeah, they're and having like some portobello lemon salmon mushroom and portobello mushroom burgers. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and. The white crusty dog comes out, uh-huh. and he can't quite bend over to pet the dog, so he kind of like squats a little bit, like oh, a little, and the dog just jumps up, takes it, just takes it off, takes it right through the speedo. <laughs> Is I'm gonna. That's the story we're going with. And it's like it wasn't the biggest deal because, like you know, they're older, so they're, yeah, they, they're the not. drive isn't there anymore. They're like their so their intim- their intimacy has been like playing mahjong at night, you know. <laughs> they have dinner, they play mahjong. That's so depressing. I I don't want to get to that point. <laughs> where, where mahjong is your intimacy? Yes, that like, sounds awful. Just kill me. Just kill me just at that set, point. Set a crusty white dog on me at that point. <laughs> at that point, that's probably what he did. <laughs> He probably went to his... That's what it is! That's the story! What happened? What happened? That's the story. <laughs> so he goes to his friend Craig, and he's okay. like, listen... Younger guy. Younger... A uh, little bit. Like, in his 50s. To yeah, him, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's in his 50s. Yeah. And he's going to his friend Craig. They're having boys night. Oh, wow. They're drinking beers. They're watching football games. He's trying games. to feel young again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drinking beers, watching football games, eating the snacks. The wives are out go doing shopping or whatever. And the man says to Craig, Craig, listen... You know, me and me and Janet, it's just not like it used to be. Right. You know, the the spark, the intimacy isn't there. We just don't feel that. I mean, I look at her and I'm like, whoa. Now and that's then my she, lady. And then she looks at me and she's like, ooh. And it just it, there isn't a spark anymore. You know, we both get home from work. We're so tired. Yeah. We just watch TV, read a book. We bust it's, out the folding table. Yeah. We, it's like we're not even married anymore. And when we go to bed, we have our separate sides. Yeah. She like builds a fort <laughs> of pillows between us. So I can't even. Which touch. she has quite a collection of over the years. Right. Yeah. It's been 48 years. It's been 48 years of marriage and she continually just gets more and more pillows to separate us. And, you know, <laughs> I just can't take it anymore because. I still have a little bit of oomph in me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I still have a little. <laughs> I still have a little bit left in the tank, and Janet just is not mm-hmm. satisfying my needs oh. as a man. Oh, I see how it is. I and Craig's I like, listen, man, I've been there, and let me tell you what I did that was absolutely magical for me. What did fifty-year-old Greg do? <laughs> I used my white crusty dog to bite it off so I wouldn't have those desires anymore. Jeez, Craig's only 50. He he's he's been down this road. Gosh, he went there early. He went there early, yeah. He gave up hope a little too soon. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story there was a guy who was married to this uh this lady uh-huh. and he was cheating on her. This is a true story. Mm-hmm. We watched like a like a crime doc about it. And she found out that he was being unfaithful to her. And so while he was sleeping, she took the kitchen knife and chopped his unit off. He wakes up to her chopping his unit off. She runs, gets in the car, drives away, throws it out the window. Police find his unit on the side of the road, put it on ice. They reattach it. Wow. He went on to become a porn star. Man. So in other words, he's a terrible guy. Terrible. If person. that isn't family values, I don't know what is. <laughs> <That's> 
So maybe this guy just didn't. He had the worst version of that story. You know, it didn't work out the same. Listen, there wasn't a gas station nearby with ice. Hell hath no fury like a woman's rage. Yeah, I would. I would never, never ever. Mm-mm. I was watching. We have a lot of sharp knives in this house. I know. Yeah, I was watching Danny Silk. Um, I got home Friday, Wednesday night, <laughs> and my mom was watching Danny Silk. And Danny Silk's like, he's talking about the fear of the Lord and how it limits your options. And then the crowd isn't really understanding, and so he tries to make it a little bit more relatable. Uh-huh. He's like, listen, you know, me and Sherry have been married for like, you know, 40-something years, a long time. The fear of <laughs> the fear of Sherry keeps me in line. There is only so many things that I can do because I have the fear of Sherry in me. Mm. You know, as it turns out, in my travels, there's women everywhere. But the fear of Sherry makes sure I do not notice a single woman other than my wife. There you go. And that's that's a similar situation where the guy just did not have the fear of his wife in him. I mean, even afterwards. I mean, he, he went on to become kind of a douchebag. Yeah. I'm like, he was already a loser, but then he was like, he, well, now I'm he the guy who's down. had his unit chopped off. Yeah. I think I feel like I feel like I would I feel like my brain would auto destruct. If that happened to me, I, you got your if unit I woke up. up to my unit being removed, I feel like my brain would we, have like a little, there's got to be a piece. We've been talking about peeing for the <laughs> last 30 minutes. Oh no, what was that? What was that? Oh, it was a hanger. That scared the bajingles out of me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Snaps a hanger up. Yeah, I feel like I would just have a little part of my brain that just goes, done. Yeah. It just shuts it down. So have you, have you had anything at the gym? Have you seen anything at the gym that you wish you hadn't? Uh, or anything interesting? You ever see people using the machines wrong? So right now I work out at UNM. Oh, yeah. You switched over, huh? Yeah. Where were you before? Uh, Defined. Defined, right. That's yeah. right. And I went like pretty early in the morning at Defined. And so there's all the, like, the, the retired Marines and Army people who like go to the gym really early just to keep that routine and consistency. Sure. Um, you know, they were always uh, going, going early to the gym. You, you see the same people there every single morning because they're the ones that are consistent early in the morning. So they're the people that are actually kind of decent and you can kind of talk to. I'm pretty introverted, you know, oh, sorry. Don't don't do that out there. (laughs) It's just us. (laughs) Nobody's here. So you have those people early in the morning that are pretty decent to talk to. And I'm pretty introverted. So. I try to keep conversation at a minimal at the gym unless I like know you and then I'll have a Do little bit. Do people strike up combos with you? Um, Cause I, I'm super, I have my headphones on. I'm not right. interacting with anybody. Um, if I know a person, I'll usually like go up to them and like see what they're up to, how their oh, classes okay. are doing. Usually the people I've run into at the gym right now are the people that are also applying for officer training school. And so it's a lot of the military people and they're nice to talk to just because I don't know if similar to people like people who have been born and raised in New Mexico only have so much experience like traveling nationwide. Mm -hmm. But you talk to military people and they're usually military brats. And so their parents were in the service. So they've moved around a whole lot. And so they're able to talk to talk to you about different like regions of the country and culture and stuff like that. And I enjoy those conversations because that's what, you know, I'm used to. Yeah. So I strike up a conversation with them, be like, oh, what are you doing today? Oh, you know, I'm doing pull-ups and cardio. 
They're like, oh, are you trying to max out your pull-ups for the physical fitness test? And just that oh, little, little back and forth yeah. there. Um, otherwise, this week, I was doing leg day, and I put too much weight on the bar. And so when I went down to squat it, I kind of just like, I was like, this is too much. So I fell out from under it. And thankfully, the bars caught it because there's like a safety bar oh, there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so <laughs> I just, I point at the guy across from me, and then I point at the bar, and I'm like, can you help me, please? So he came over and helped, and that was the end of that. I feel like that's the ultimate, like, confidence. It could either be a confidence killer or a confidence builder. The fact that you were able to recover from it and just be like, hey, come help me lift this up. I feel like that's the sign of a a real man. Well, (laughs) at the end of the day, since I've been doing, like, so much cardio at the gym, my legs for leg day aren't – because I used to be able to squat, like, T25, like, two plates on both sides. Yeah, but now since I'm lo- using my legs so much, I don't ha- my legs aren't at 100% very often. Uh-huh. And so my leg day is just basically endurance and trying to like a lot of reps with not a whole lot of weight. So I, what you just said kind of I, I feel like you said like because you've been using them a lot, they're not at 100%. Right. And I think I didn't realize the necessity and and, and I've heard this. It's not that I didn't know, but I didn't like log it truly enough like the necessity for recovery yeah like i have this one like 30 minute like shoulder and ab thing that i've been doing every single week like i do it religiously Mm -hmm. but i noticed that like the past two times that i've done it the past two weeks i i'm like having trouble getting the same weight Mm -hmm. up and i'm like why this is i haven't increased weight like i'm having trouble getting that same weight up you know for these shoulder exercises like i'm pressing these and i'm like oh my god this is nutty mm-hmm. so i'm wondering if yeah i've just like i've done it i've done so much like upper like shoulder and chest stuff that my shoulders and chest are like all right buddy let's, we need uh, to let's calm down yeah recovery for to build the muscle and to actually yeah, get all that like, done i was like afraid of getting weak and instead i i just i tore too many strands or whatever i don't know uh, if you rest so. for a couple of days you'll probably go back to it and be easy because yeah, I only do the shoulder and ab thing. It's a once a week. Oh, it is? Yeah. I do uh, back and biceps right. one day, chest and triceps another day, yep. shoulders and abs another day. Yep. Then I have a leg day. Mm-hmm. And then I just have like a full-on hardcore, like f- it's on Friday because I know I'm not going to be at the gym Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I do like a hardcore endurance day that's just like how high can I keep my heart rate and for how long. I see. Um, but yeah, the past couple times I've done that shoulder thing, I'm just like... <laughs> I get like 20 minutes through the 30 minutes and I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to drop these right on my skull. Ouchies. And I do them right in front of the window too. So I'm like, I'm going to like throw these through the freaking window. Break some glass. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's ever happened. Whenever anyone's ever been lifting. There's a lot of windows in this place. No, and have, the whole gym is on the second floor. I've definitely come across gym mirrors that have been broken. Gym well, mirrors for sure. Yeah. Because they always put the freaking rack with the thousand trillion pounds in front of it. Yeah. So it's like how many guys, you know. Throw their weights against the thing. Just cracks open. But yeah, at UNM, there's... Uh, you get the people that are just starting to work out. Yeah, well, for sure. And then you have, like, the juniors and seniors who have been working out. Like, one of the guys who works at the gym, he's absolutely yoked. Mm-hmm. Like, the biggest unit mountain I've ever freaking seen in my life. Yeah. And he wears, like, baggy disco pants to the gym oh i oh wow now i have a perfect visual uh, yes yeah and he just d- he's a monster 
an absolute freaking monster. But then, like, I'll be talking to the military guys, and their friends will come up, and they're like, oh, who, like, you're jacked, man. It's nice to meet you. And I've never been, like, the person that people walk up to and be like, oh, you're jacked. But I guess I'm just yoked now. I don't know. I guess so. I, I guess so. I'm never, I've never, uh. Yeah. <laughs> One of my friends at UNM, <laughs> who I'm going to be working out with. I've never been the yoked guy in the group. Yeah. Well, uh, once. He he was talking to a girl, apparently he had known, like at a high school or something. <laughs> And so I go up to him to go say bye. We, we've been friends since middle school. He's he's one of the boys. One of the boys. So, you know, I go up to say, you know, goodbye. And he's like, oh, this is my friend Carly. She, like, looks at me for a little bit. And then she says hi. Oh, that's trouble. I know. That's exactly. Trouble. And I'm like, hey, goodbye. Yeah, no, no. no. I don't even. I, I wanted to ask him, hey, who's Carly? But I had one experience like that. And I'm not going to say the name of the girl because... I still know her. I don't I see. know her. Not, well, we're not like close friends, but like we're friends on Instagram. Right. And like if she ever, she's married too. And like I, I would hate for her or her husband one day to listen to our podcast and catch on. Yeah. But I had, this was back in when I was still in the church, when I was like a student kind of like yeah. back in the day, not a student, but I was younger. And a friend introduced this girl to me. Hey, this is so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And she... She said hi. She was like hi, and then her friend, like they were on their way, like they were walking past, like they were on their way out the door. And he's like, "Oh, this is so and so." And she's like, "Hi," and then she does does one of these mm. like, as she's walking away. She's like, "Oh, hi," and I was like, "Oh, no, no. you're trouble. That's trouble." You're yeah, here. when they're like fishing with their eyes, like the hook has been sunk in, yeah, and they can't pull the line away. I'm like, "That's trouble." Yeah, that's what are you planting? They're trying to. What kind of microchip action? What did you just plant plant inside my dome skis? Yeah, none of that. So, no, but there was there was one instance in my life which, to to be honest, I'm kind of like, I'm I'm downgrading myself a little bit. I've been working. I'm I've been working consistently for a while. Yeah, I got some I got some solid back action happening right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. My shoulders Mm -hmm. have never been Mm -hmm. uh, plumper. Mm. Yeah, I love a good plumper. When I when I come out of the steam room and I see myself in the mirror, I'm like. Ooh. I swipe right. <laughs> swipe right on that. I swipe right on that. Um, I, swi- I, I, I look in the mirror and I do one of these. <laughs> I just go, I do a little swipe on the mirror, just on myself, yeah. Wow. Um, no, this was back in the day when I was a student, when I was like probably mm. 16, 17 years old, and we were at this conference in Colorado Springs, and I had one of those moments as a kid. You're like in worship. It was like a worship conference. Everybody's worshiping. Ah, and the lights. And there's like 1,500 people there. Mm-hmm. And I had like one of those moments where like I turned and the music was just perfect. And the crowd kind of split a little bit. And the lights like hit this girl. And we looked at each other at the same time. And so it was like, it's God. Like this <laughs> is, that was the Lord. Hallelujah. We like noticed each other. Oh. And then Hallelujah. so for the rest of the Hallelujah. both of us like worshiping so hard and like we keep catching each other's eye. And then we like started talking after that. Like she like came up to me and was like, oh, hey. And I was wearing this hoodie and I was wearing a V-neck t-shirt underneath. Yep. But the V-neck t-shirt was really tight. Yeah, Because was. Back, at, back then, if you were going to be in ministry, you had to wear tight V-necks. Yeah. And so we're talking and I took off the hoodie. No. And she gasped. No, <laughs> that's like out of an anime. 
I'm like right I'm 16 years old I'm like on my way to, to like pursuing ministry I was like in that zone where like yeah I'm gonna be a youth pastor blah 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 mm-hmm. and I'm talking to this girl that I think was ordained by the lights and I take off my hoodie and she goes oh <laughs> and I was like what and she's like your arms are so big <laughs> and I was like this is the height of my existence. <laughs> I have peaked. I transcended. Yeah, we, we never saw each other again. <laughs> it was a freaking conference. We didn't even, I don't even think we hugged. We were just like, oh, oh, oh. electricity, fog machines, I feel like I've been doing pretty good. I'm, I'm on a good, I'm on a good spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. To make everybody think that this is really good, just check out the back muscles. All right, just comment on my back muscles real quick. Yep. Yeah, give me some of this. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Oh. Yeah. We got something rolling there. Yeah, he's got something rolling there. He's got there. something rolling there. Yeah. See, I've I've been working. For, for everyone... Well, if you're going to take off your shirt... This, this, <laughs> this is the gayest podcast we've had of our entire existence, you know? You got to, like... Oh, we're just two men flexing. Look, I mean, there's, like... Yeah, there is. Hello. Okay. I kind of, like, not knock over the lights here with my muscles. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just... For so everybody tired. wondering, we are undressing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bray. Yeah, okay. Gotta I just, if I could get rid of yeah. this, yeah. like what's happening underneath is pretty right. is pretty all right. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And then you. Uh huh. Oh yeah. There's there's tries in there. Yeah. Oh, you got more chest than I do. That's you got a lot of good chest happening. Oh yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, we're straight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in case anybody's wondering why you don't see video of this podcast, this is this, this was is your why. plan all along. This <laughs> <laughs> it seems planned. It wasn't. It was not planned. Uh, there's no. T- there's not going to be any TikToks of this. Mm. Uh, no TikToks are going to come out for this. Because that's for our OnlyFans. Um, that's for our. <laughs> that's for our Only Stones. Only Stones. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new Only Stones. <laughs> the Only Stones content. Hmm. Shout out to uh, I know who's you know who's really loving this right now. What's that, Matt? I Matt Matt told me that this has become a regular part of his routine is listening to our podcast oh, every Monday. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He said he's like because he came over recently. We were shooting uh, pickup shots for the Legend of Cactus Canyon. Yeah. We had a couple of extra shots to to pull for that. Um, two days, guys. I have to shout this right now. Oh no, actually, this is coming out Monday morning. So really quick plug. I hope you don't mind. Tomorrow, okay, if you're listening to this podcast right now, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. at Flick's Brew House is the Los Matate Studios premiere of eight short films. I've um, I've been in four of them. I starred in three. I played a supporting role in one. Um, so... $10 tickets, guys. $10 to go to Flick's Brewhouse for two and a half hours of just short films, Q&A, beer, mm. burgers. Wow. I mean, you can't miss it. So please, I'm. I, this is the only time I'm going to do this. I'm going to put 
the link to buy tickets to that in the description of this episode only. So if you're listening and you don't have tickets to that, please come support local film, especially with like the the strikes going on right now, like SAG after on strike, the Writers Guild on strike. Um, there's not a whole lot that's happening in, in the film world uh, when it comes to like work. And so for us, this is like a huge deal to be able to like promote something that we've been working really hard on. So please consider coming out uh, for that. Um, anyway. Yeah. What were we talking about? We were talking about that. A uh, little segue here. So I was watching. Oh, yeah, Matthew. I was just saying Matthew. Oh, yeah, he listens for, every morning. I love you, Matt. Thanks for listening, Matt. Hope you're having a, I hope you're having a good chuckle. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. <laughs> um, I finished this anime this week. I talked about a little bit of work. 86. 86? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with the cool bug robot gun thingies oh oh, oh, oh okay the there's juggernaut. a few that you've been talking about so i i, I know, know yeah yeah, yeah. The, i remember the bug robots i yeah. I, I finished a couple this week because school started and between my classes i do like homework and you know i watch some anime so i finished the soccer anime blue lock which was pretty cool um soccer anime wasn't weren't you watching a volleyball anime i was that was there's a lot so many ago. sport animes uh, there are yes so this one and this kind of is what i wanted to talk about for the rest of the podcast. Oh, wow. Go, all right. Go for it. Um, 86. So I'll give you the plot line and then the main like motif of the story and the main theme and kind of the resolution and stuff like that. If you're going to give spoilers, you got to give a warning. Um, spoiler warning. If you have not seen 86, please watch 86. It's a phenomenal anime. 20, 23 or 24 episodes. Absolutely amazing. Great story. Great characters. Any whoosies. So the Republic is split into the republic is just somewhere it doesn't really matter where it's okay. split up into 86 districts okay now 85 of those districts have come together to set up the new republic and star wars <coughs> i know <laughs> and then the 86th district has been enlisted by the new republic to fight all of their wars and all of their battles the 85 districts treats the 86 like it's an outcast they treat the people there like less than humans they call them pigs and they put them in little, they call them, the 86 call them mobile coffins because they're really crappy quality. They break really easily and they're just like extra. It's like, it's like all the Chinese firearms that break really easily. Oh, so like every district has these like kind of Gundam things. These right, like, right, 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 right. And the 85 districts have only wanted the 86th districts to fight all of their wars and all of their battles because they're too high class and posh to do that. Now, the enemy of this story is called the Legion. They're a bunch of robots that are seemingly AI generated and the Republic thinks that the war is going to end in exactly six years because that's how long the battery life is on the Legion. On all of their machines? Or on all of their machines. As like a unit? As a unit. Their battery life only lasts six years. Because they were a part of the Republic, but they've split off and become AI autonomous. Huh. And they've started to fight the Republic. So you're four years into this war, and the Republic thinks that the war is going to end in another two years. So they send in a bunch of the 86 to fight the Legion, almost as cannon fodder. The casualty rate uh, for the 86 is similar to kind of like what the scout... Um, Casualty rate is an attack on Titans where every mission there's just like a 30% yeah. death ratio. And they enlist the 86th into six-year military uh, terms. And in the sixth year, the promise is that they can go off and live a happy life. But 
in those six years, the Republic has sent 86 to their death constantly. And so there's nobody of the 86 that have... Oh, like it, it takes less than six years for them to have to completely turn over. Yeah, they die before like they're... has, at that point, they've refreshed everyone. So the six years kind of always is on a reset. Exactly. For everybody. So if they've survived like four years out of their military career, they get sent to the Spearhead Regiment. The Spearhead Regiment is kind of like the Navy SEALs of the 86. They go in the front lines. They have the toughest battles, the hardest casualty rates. So they make sure you die. Yeah, they make sure you die. And on the Spearhead Regiment, the leader, his name is Shin. Hmm. He's in his final year of service... He's absolutely cracked at battle. Because nothing hurts like getting kicked in the shins. Exactly. Yep. And when we meet Shin, he just got a part of... He just became the commander of an entirely new spearhead regiment with probably 30 members in the regiment. Hmm. In the five or six missions that we see the spearhead regiment go to, the 30 people has dropped down to five. Okay. And so just an insane turnover... And the thing about the Legion that the New Republic doesn't know is they won't tur- turn off in six years because they've evolved to a place by stealing 86 brains that they are self-sufficient. So the New Republic thinks the war is going to end in six years, but the Legion are starting to evolve in their battle tactics, starting to evolve in their strategies, starting to evolve in the way they do things, that they are self-sufficient and they're going to destroy the Republic. And the 86 know this, but they don't want to tell the Republic because the Republic's going get to get what's coming to them. So any hoosies, that's all the background context information. So Shin is this interesting character, doesn't show a whole lot of information. And his thing, he goes by the code name Undertaker. Of course. And of course, his job is every time that... His friends die in the juggernaut. He has to finish them off so the Legion doesn't steal his comrades' brains. That is a rough ride. Because the really screwed up thing is that when the Legion steals their brains, they recreate their final moments and they say the same last words that their comrades did to like screw with the 86 in battle. So imagine you're fighting and you hear your best friend's voice saying, I don't want to die. That's what the Legion does. Sick. They are absolutely sick, nasty, disgusting. So Shin's job is to finish his friends off before his Legion, before the Legion does so they don't get stolen. But in every juggernaut that goes down that's served on his crew, he steals a little piece of their juggernaut so he can carry it with them. So he can carry it with them past his military service. Okay. So he can finish his six years and finally retire happily. And by the time we meet him, he has probably 240 pieces of juggernauts with him. He stores them in a little chest. He writes their name on it as long as he writes their name on it as well as their battle tag on it. So when Shin goes into like a really serious battle, his comrades can't reach him because he kind of goes in rage full mode. Mm. He just goes sicko mode and destroys everything. Absolutely. And he can't hear his comrades with him. So, the big moral of the story, and all of that to say, Shin's obviously, you know, depressed, and he's going through some things. He's had, yeah, he's had a rough, and hasn't been a tea party for a, Shin. And we've had some experience with that sort of, with depression and that sort of thing. Yeah. But the way I saw it presented in 86, and the way I understand that, I'll probably have to rewatch it to probably get better vocabulary and language to it. But it almost seemed like when Shin went into the mode 
where he went just went sicko mode and destroyed everything and nobody could talk to him. His comrades couldn't talk to him. He wasn't listening. We wouldn't respond. It almost seemed like the weight of what he was carrying and his fallen comrades and what he felt like he should have accomplished mm-hmm. was more important than the people around him. Mm. Yeah. Can you really not crying? I yawned and the fan's <laughs> blowing on me. <laughs> I swear. Can you relate to that at all with some of the like depression being the weight of what we feel we should have accomplished being more important than who we're around now or the weight of the people or the weight of our past, the weight of what we've gone through is more important than what we're currently experiencing. Am I being attacked? No, no, no. This I, sounds personal. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I know, <laughs> I know you're not, but I'm just, that's my way of saying, yeah, uh, that's like a very, that's a, I'll play another sound right here. Pew, pew. Welcome <laughs> to the helpful segment. This is the segment where we talk about something real. Um, hey, if you're one of those three people that we met at Escape in Time recently where we talked about how we do this podcast, uh, this is the real segment we were talking about. This is the real helpful The engineer, bit. the firefighter lady, and the... HVAC. HVAC guy. Um, I, so I constantly battle that. Yeah. That's constant for me. Uh, and it, And it's not... So I, I've gotten a good handle on depression, mm-hmm. actually, um, which I, I, I we've definitely covered in other episodes. I've, I've talked about that mm-hmm. uh, diet and routine. Yeah. And super important. Mental exercises have really helped me to get a handle on depression. I don't often feel depressed. That's not like a regular thing for me. I still battle anxiety, though. Right. I've been trying that thing that I've saw people talk about on TikTok doing. And then my doctor also told me to do this mm-hmm. is to take magnesium and vitamin D together. And apparently that like Whoa. helps eliminate anxiety. Anyway, but one of the regular things that I have to fight is that like where I think I should be. Yeah. You know, what I what I ought to be doing, what I ought to have accomplished by now. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm late to mm-hmm. things right. or behind on things. Yeah. Um, even this, like this podcast is like I wanted to do a podcast – I first thought about having a podcast over 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I started one less than six years ago. Mm -hmm. Dropped it. It's still on Spotify. It's still out there. You can listen to the old episodes. And then finally started this one. And this is like the first time. And I'm finally like, oh, consistent. But I feel like I'm... Sometimes I get that feeling like well, I'm so late. Like if I had start, if I had started this mm-hmm. years ago, how successful would it be now? Mm-hmm. And I feel that way with so many things, even acting. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to act. I've always wanted to do acting, but I've always put it on the back burner. Right. The the year that I finally decide like I'm gonna pursue film, I start going after it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. The week that I like actually signed up to receive casting notices, that's the week that Hollywood went on strike. All the writers went on strike. All of sag After went on strike. Wow. Everything struck. So there's no work. Yeah. And I'm just like, years. I've waited years. Mm-hmm. And now the finally I'm doing it, too late. So I feel that way about a lot of things. And I can really go... I can really go down that hole pr- too far. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, I think it, it, it takes my eyes off of where I'm at sometimes. Like I just feel like, even when I, I was talking about Brianna with, about this last night, when I hang out with people who are my age, mm-hmm. I feel behind. Like mm-hmm. I just tell myself that I'm, I'm like behind. Because I don't have like a cool, you know, tech job. I'm not making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know. I'm still like chasing dreams. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I'm behind because I'm doing that. So, yeah. And I don't have like an answer that like, I don't have a solution to that yet. That's actually like, right. I, I'm in that right now. Yeah. We've talked about solutions before. We've talked about overcoming things mm-hmm. in this specific area. I, it feels like until I, I don't know what I have to reach though. Mm-hmm. I don't know what right. level of success. I don't know what dollar amount. I don't know what job am I, you know, what thing am I going to get cast in? What, mm-hmm. what is it that's going to make me not feel that way? I don't know. Yeah. Just that. I don't know. It almost feels like a hamster wheel. A little bit. You hop on the hamster wheel, and no matter how long you're on the hamster wheel, it feels like you've gone nowhere. Yeah. Because it's just that constantly rotating thing. There's a word for this, and I don't know what it is. But when I I, or I, I read it, you know how like sometimes they're like, mm-hmm. somebody will post like a word, and then it's a definition. They're like, oh, I that describes something that I felt. But right. I forgot what the word was. But I have realized recently that I really struggle with the like sinking feeling mm-hmm. that I will never succeed at something. Mm-hmm. Like it, and it's not just like a feeling. I'm like convinced in my mind. If I think about it too hard, mm-hmm. it's like this looming feeling that's like, it's but but it's almost like it's almost like a voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, hey man, like let's be reasonable. Right. You're not actually ever gonna make it. Mm. You'll never be great. We talked about that a little bit, like mm-hmm. two weeks ago or something. Like, and that like freaks me out. Mm. Just the idea that like, because you can have so many dreams as a young person. Yeah. But like, how old? Like, I remember being twenty. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you you have your whole life. Like, and then they would always quote scripture, or they wouldn't quote scripture, but they talk about the Bible. Like, you know, for Moses, it took this many years. For Aaron, it took this many. They name all these biblical people. It could take ten years, twenty years. But then after like over ten years has gone by, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh shoot. I'm getting older. Right. And then that feeling comes in that's like, actually, you might never succeed. Mm. I've been really fighting that r- lately, like wrestling it constantly. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm hoping I'm depressing people out right now on their way to work. They're like, Sh- I'm never going to make it. <laughs> no, you're going to make it. No, <laughs> but th- I'm struggling with the feeling that I might never. That's, I mean, that's real. I think that's the real, I mean, that's the real answer. And it is that, one of the one of the things in the anime, and then will kind of make it, you know, applying to me was, yeah, they go on this final death mission, where they have to destroy this legion base that's being under construction, to try to take out this ridiculous artillery that's absolutely destroying everyone's forces. Anyway, the eighty six get sent in because they're the best of the best, and one by one you see all of the team members go down. And all you're left with is Shin, and he has to fight this guy one on one. And he, anyway, Naturally. yeah, main character. S- spoiler: he ends up winning. He ends up winning, and people call him on the little comms radio, and they're like, "Shin, like, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm okay." And then they're like, "Shin, you're not gonna ask about your comrades because they're okay too." 
And it really broke. Sh- like you can see him tearing up in the anime that he didn't also have concern for the comrades that got him to where he was because he was only focused on his own situation. And I guess in my own life, it's really difficult because I also struggle with that feeling of behindness. Like right now, I'm going back to UNM. I haven't been on campus since 2020. So it's been probably three years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The, f- the pandemic was spring of 2023. So yeah. It's been longer than three years since I've been on campus. And the last time I was on campus, I was on campus with all of my high school friends. Yeah. Now I'm getting on campus with all of these people that I don't know in all of these classes with, again, people that I don't know, with people who are much younger than me. And I'm the old guy in the classroom. And (laughs) granted, I'm 23, so that's not (laughs) super old, but... They're like, oh, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm 23. And they're like, oh, I, you know, I just turned 21, or I just. And when I think back, when I just turned 21, I was trying out culinary school for a semester. Yeah. And just my college career has lasted since 2018. So I'm five years into it, and I probably still have like a year and a half, two years left to go. So I'm taking almost double the amount of time it takes to get a college degree. And that's really difficult for me because I'm someone that excels academically. Oh, yeah. So it's super frustrating that I couldn't, like, I was so undecided that I chose nothing. Yeah. I was so, I was so concerned about what I wanted to do with my future that I chose to just try to do everything. And I didn't commit to doing one thing really well. Instead, I tried to half-ass a bunch of things. Um, the Parks and Rec quote that comes up is when Leslie Nope is trying to overwhelm herself too much and Ron Swanson comes in. She, he's like, you know, when I was 12 years old, I worked in the carpentry factory and I learned one very important lesson. Never half-ass two things. Whole-ass one thing. Yeah, And I'm really starting to understand the value of that right now because it's, I really want to focus and get one thing done and do it well. Even if it's not necessarily something that I know I want to spend my entire future on, I want to explore fully one option before I decide very quickly when things become inconvenient or things get difficult for me to try to choose the next easiest or the next best option yeah let me let me fully explore this path right now and if i decide when i'm done with it to go another direction that's another story but at least i'll have this level of experience in like a bachelor's degree where i can choose to pursue a master's in another area whereas if i start over again on my bachelor's i'll have to work up from probably step zero all the way up into another like two or three year degree whereas you know if i finish this bachelor's and and the work experience or the jobs that'll be open will give me the information i need to know after i pursue this to know which direction i can go to afterwards but it's like sometimes it's really easy for me to look at my past and look at all of the different things i've tried to pursue or the different avenues that interest me and I can get like decision paralysis. 
Oh, yeah. Oh. Of, <laughs> well, I tried this, and 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 nothing seems to fit. Yeah. So when am I finally going to find the thing that fits and is fulfilling and all the things that they say work is supposed to be? And, you know, that's a really, I don't know, it's a scary, it's a scary thought. Yeah, I've, <clears throat> I've spent a lot of time. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why we're such good friends. Like, we're ev- even at like a somewhat of an age difference, we're so similar people, mm-hmm. which drives me crazy sometimes because I'm like, you, you have, which sounds, so I'm six years older than you, mm-hmm. but I feel like that means you have six years on me. I'm like, just... Like I feel like every every person who's ever been older than me feels, mm-hmm. where they're like, just if you could see what I see or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like it, that that just again like another similarity between like I've never been able to just do one thing, right? And people who do almost up, almost annoy me, yeah. Because I'm just like, how do you do that? Like, don't like what. When they just like do one thing and then they just do that and then they're successful and you're just like, are you serious? Because like for my entire life, I've felt like I have at least, I I, I won't actually, I'm not going to be like superfluous here. I'm going to be honest, like maybe seven interests at a time Mm -hmm. and that's too many. Mm -hmm. I want to say like hundreds, but it's like seven and it's like, when I was in ministry, it was like, this is my destiny, but I also want to act. I also want to like, mm-hmm. I want to be a gamer. I want to do this, that, the other thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you're also getting older. So as you're aging, you haven't settled on something and you're just like, crap, crap, crap. And so it's like, finally now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I settled on, the one thing that I did focus on for a decade was ministry. And now at 29 years old, I'm starting over mm-hmm. with acting, with film. And I'm like, I'm 100% going to focus on that. But it's like, I make those, fa- the swords at work. And I, I mean, I work in an escape room. I, I do those craft things. We have a photography and videography business. I still want to get back to streaming. We run a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like the podcast actually been freaking consistent. It's like, mm-hmm. for once, I haven't dropped it off. Like the YouTube channel we tried to start with the cooking. And we made, it took me one year to edit one episode. <laughs> Or like the six different TikTok accounts that I have. like, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I want to do this or that or that. So I think it really does. It comes down to just like you have to make one thing more important than everything else. Right. It has to be something. And like you have to choose what's going to be a hobby. Because if you have, if you have yeah. 10 hobbies, you have zero things going on. Right. And... I think depression is a really good place to establish non-negotiables where in the last kind of six or whenever, like when November, when I stepped down from ministry, I had to establish in my life that the gym was a Mm. non-negotiable. And so I went to the gym pretty much five days a week. And I've been doing that for, you know, ever since... November of last year. Routine has, yeah, huge. Helped me more than anything. Like right. Anything that I can set in routine really helps. Yeah. And so when I establish 
like when I know I'm starting to go down that path, I know that there's a non-negotiable that I need to have that I don't have in my life. So what's a non-negotiable? And, and most of the time, it's something you can do in 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I know when my room gets really messy, it's because my there's a lot of stuff going on in my brain and I need to figure that out. So maybe I need to journal this week for 15 minutes. Yeah. And that'll establish the time that I need to clean my room and to do my laundry and to do the day-to-day things. And so like establishing the non-negotiables in your life that help you get out of messy, not only externally in your environment, say your room, your car or your house or cleaning Mm -hmm. or cooking, but also the non-negotiables of like uptaking in your mind, like reading a book or getting into the word or like establishing those non-negotiables non-negotiables i think is a really i don't want to say an easy way but a proven way to get out of a rut yeah establish another thing that cannot be negotiated in your life like no matter what once a day i'm gonna do this and maybe maybe the non-negotiable you set in doesn't work that's okay you get to try another one Mm -hmm. and that's where the people around you are so important as well because i think it's really easy to forget about the people who really deeply care about you and would miss you if you were gone. It's really easy to get out of that state of mind. And so asking them, hey, what did you establish in your life that helped you get out of a rut and the non-negotiables that you put in your life and your family that kept you on the right path? Yeah. Non-negotiables are huge. Um... Yeah, the gym for me has definitely helped. Um, I mean, it, it down to little things. Mm-hmm. Little things helped me. And I, I even as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about things that I could like re... Mm-hmm. Like, oh shoot, where have I started to like slip? Yeah. You know, like I would... How often... I mean, and this is going to sound so basic, but like I would come home from a 10-hour, 11-hour day, like a Saturday, mm-hmm. working and get home and feel hot and tired, and so just take everything off, throw it in the closet, mm-hmm. get in bed. And being like, no, I'm gonna take whatever, I'm gonna fold my pants, I'm gonna put them away, I'm gonna put my wallet in my nightstand, I'm gonna plug in my phone and turn it off. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna like have a an evening routine, mm-hmm. because it's like taking back control of something that kind of felt like a roller coaster. Right. Because it's like, I, and I think this might be helpful for people. It's like, if you, if you have a long day like working and you just feel like you're just plowing, 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 and then you get home and you just rip off your clothes, throw yourself in a bed, scroll and pass out, you never took back control of your day. Mm-hmm. You never took back control of your mind. Your day controlled you from the moment you were started working to the moment you passed out. Yeah. So it's like those non-negotiables are, those are areas where you're taking back control of, mm-hmm. of life where you're saying like, no, I'm not just going to let life happen to me. I'm going to happen to right. my day. I'm going to have, I'm going to be what's happening. Yeah. So you kind of just re reestablish control and say, I, I do. I, I, my, especially last year or like coming into this year, my obsession was control, which sounds super spooky. Because mm-hmm. um, in the ministry, you're taught so much, just in church world, you're taught so much about giving up control. But we've talked about this. Like, I think if you consider self-control being a fruit of the spirit, it's like, yeah, one of the 
one of the most spiritual things you can do is be in control of yourself. Right. Yeah. Be in control yeah. of, of, of what you're doing, thinking, saying, feeling, mm-hmm. and like have the reins fully in your hands to be like, no, anything that comes out of me was completely intentional. Like this stuff isn't just happening to me. My emotions aren't just happening. Like I have, I have control there. And so like, I might not be able to control the people around me or the things that happen around me, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in control. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, you start to carve out that new path in your brain that says like, no, there's everything that I feel is like, there's choices behind it. Mm-hmm. So. And I think if you're, let's say you notice a friend is having a tough time or is a little bit acting a little bit differently and, and, and just seems down. And I don't even think you even have to really draw attention to what's going on. I think... I think the mark of a true friend is whether or not you can cry in front of them. Like if you cry in front of them and they're like, "Oh, uh, I don't know what's going on." What are you I don't doing? Yeah, like what are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not a real friend. But if if you do have that person that you can cry in front of, um, maybe hey, going out to get ice cream or going to an arcade or or doing something that you can both enjoy. And the conversation will naturally come up to a place where that gets brought up. It doesn't have to be their entire personality is only their what they're going through or their struggles or what they're feeling down about. But like treating them like a human being, like they're around and they still have something to contribute in going out and having fun. I the last thing I'll say on this and then and then I we I think we could close it out. Yeah. I, on you saying that, I was listening to uh, Two Bears, One Cave, mm-hmm. the podcast with Bert, Bert Kreischer and Tom... Uh, Tom Segura. Yeah, yeah. And um, they were talking about how they... It was so funny because these two like big comedians who were just like huge personalities and ridiculous. I mean, especially Bert is just a monster. Yeah, Bert's hilarious. And uh, they talked about how they have... <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> Close the door. She realized. Oh, watch your fingers. <laughs> I love that. Burst the door open and it's like, oh, oh, oh shoot. Sorry. Um, but they talked about how they instated this 30 minutes, like before they record their podcast, like they go in to record their podcast, but the first 30 minutes is just them like talking, mm-hmm. not recording, but like checking up mm-hmm. to be like, hey, are we good? Is there anything like you feel like you need to say? And I was just like, that's so interesting just to hear these two big comedians talk about that. Right. Uh, I guess like Bert has had a bunch of like health issues and 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 there's been all kinds of things, but like, you know, they're huge personalities. They're cracking on each other all the time, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, we're gonna take these thirty minutes before we even start to be like, let's touch ground together, make sure that everything's good, right? And then and then do our thing. Yeah, maybe we need to do that. Just thirty minutes before the podcast. Could be ten. Yeah, could be ten minutes. Just a little, like, just hey, a little check in. We hit record and we're just wiping tears away. All right, guys. So uh, (laughs) just gonna get started. (laughs) Well, hey, on that note, guys, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I feel good about that. I I feel really good. The only thing is, um, just kind of a closing thought of, hey, when you're having a tough time and you're sad, have people that talk to you like a human being and treat you like a human being, and you'll realize you still have a place, even if it's just right here in the. Even if it's just right here where you are. Right here on the 
on the on the docks and crocs ship deck. Yeah. Right here in the Right here in the crew. Right here in the What do we call this? Shoot. Wow, I just had like an epiphany. We don't have What do we call this? The cave? Do we, do we No, cuz they got that. Ah, uh, they do have the cave. The stu- is it just the studio? The ship? No, the TMG's got the ship. Yeah. The studio. I guess it's the studio right here. Welcome the to the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the swamp with Docs and Crocs. Yeah. We'll we'll workshop it. We'll for work now, it's it. the swamp. If your place is just here in the swamp with us, pull up a raft. Pull up a raft. We'll have a good time. Look out for gators. Thanks for joining us. Consider joining the Patreon. Again, I'm going to put the link to uh, Tuesday's big premiere in the description of this video if you want to buy tickets. If you're local, we love you. Also want to shout out to the many countries that now listen to the Docs and Crocs podcast. It turns out that we have people around the world at this point who are listening to the Docs and Crocs podcast. I wish that that would translate to millions of dollars. Shout out to Singapore, Ecuador, New Zealand, India, the United Kingdom, Mexico, Argentina, Canada, Israel, Sweden, Japan, Peru, and Australia. If you're a cute Japanese girl, hit my line. Instagram is Uh, on. All the Peruvian girls are going to hit you up instead. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) Consider following us on TikTok. Join in the Patreon at any tier, but especially the biggest ones so that we never have to work another day in our (laughs) lives. We love you, and we'll check in with you next time. Have a good week.